I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Lightning Dogs, the official podcast presented by the Nerdist Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdist Show programming is made possible by The Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdishow.com. Lightning Dogs is conceived as an all-ages property, but these behind-the-scenes conversations are not all-ages. So listen at your own discretion, baby. Woo! Sometimes a great idea is truly like a bolt of lightning, and sometimes, if you're lucky enough, you can capture the exact moment that it strikes. That's what happened for us one fateful night while recording an episode of Nerdy Show, we accidentally launched a concept that derailed the entire show, and in no time, our lives. We couldn't stop talking about our favorite action figures and B-movies while twisting them into strange creatures, weird adventures, and dog puns. Lots of dog puns. This is the story of Lightning Dogs, a journey steeped in the glory of 80s and 90s animation and sci-fi where anthropomorphic dogs tear through the wasteland of a ruined Earth, battling mutants, miscreants, and the evil Glampire. Coming soon to small screens, comic books, and podcasts. Or at least that's the goal. But how do you go from a crazy idea into a fully formed world of conflict and characters? How does a harebrained discussion become an animated series? That's what we're finding out firsthand. We recorded the entire development of Lightning Dog since day one, from the moment of conception to every world-building session and planning meeting, and the journey is still ongoing. Tune in as we create the world of Lightning Dogs live! Welcome to another episode of Lightning Dogs. Oh! Hashtag Howl Noise. I'm Cap. Hey, I'm Doug. I'm Tony. And with us today is... Max. That guy with the cars and the stuffs. Again. You got more cars for us there, Maxi? Just drove on in. I got a few. You did. I was concerned <laughs> when you ran through the wall. That's true. <laughs> back right on through. Back in episode 15 of the official podcast, we introduced Max Acree, the Lightning Dogs vehicle designer. And we talked about our collective influences we hoped to imbue into the vehicles of the series. We also looked over some early concepts for Peploid vehicles. But now, we're ready to zero in on the cars at the heart of our series, the Lightning Dog Sweet Rides. And of course, no episode with Max would be complete without some fascinating detours into the stranger realms of car culture. When we started working on our characters' backstories, we realized to really know who they were we had to devise the history of the Lightning Dog's homeworld, Domus. Now, with their vehicles, before Max can really set off in designing them, we have to confront a similar issue. Figuring out the look and functionality of the technology on Domus. And not surprisingly, this process goes one step deeper, because to understand dog tech, 
we also have to learn a little more about how exactly our much-discussed plot devices and power sources, the crystals, work. Like any complex machine, there's a lot of moving pieces to this discussion. More than would make sense to confine exclusively to our recorded meetings. But I'll let my younger self explain. We've been working on a couple things behind the scenes, behind the scenes, behind the scenes, further behind the scenes in this podcast. In an email chain, uh, we've been throwing some ideas back and forth. I think Google's about to start charging us for that email chain. <laughs> it's getting out of hand. It's pretty intense. Just to, to keep you abreast right before we start this, to let you know what we're going to be working with, Max has been working on some designs, done some thumbnails and some engine designs, stuff like that. And we've also been working on a doc that we have tentatively called Thing Names. And these Thing Names are mostly vehicle names, but the idea of like, this is a crazy name that could be applied to a vehicle playset accessory something potentially in the world. Kind of thinking of it from the standpoint of an 80s, 90s toy product of like, it's going to be called this, and I don't even know what it is, but just like make it work. <laughs> and working with that, and there's been some really cool stuff that's yielded from this document. We've all three of us contributed to it, but we haven't really gone over it with each other. We have names, we have possible affiliations for said names, and then possible concepts listed. So we're going to go through that as well as some of the stuff that Max has been working on. One of the coolest things you've been working on is you've been uh, looking at engine designs yeah. for, uh, for crystal-based propulsion. Yeah, I had some ideas on how that would work because I wasn't sure if they were electrical or if they would explode, if they were just shooting out beams of force like Iron Man. So like, I was just trying to figure out, fuck it, how, how cool do they look, right? Like, yeah, like, yeah, right. Point, well, that's the only like, thing that we've really been concerned yeah, with in so, terms of the mechanics. Yeah. Does so, it look like an engine? Yes. Is there a crystal slapped on it somewhere? We're good. So <laughs> what I'm thinking about at the moment is taking the cylinder head off the engine and then putting crystals in there like you would screw a vacuum tube in. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. You know, that's kind of the look that I'm feeling at this moment. And, you've you've uh, pilfered my brain. Hey, same thing. <laughs> Me and Cap, with a complete lack of vehicle knowledge, we're on the same page as Max, who knows everything. We're, we're, we're not doing half bad for Clueless. Well, this was the one I thought was more dramatic, right? Like, I had another idea where, like, I was just going to sort of replace the spark plugs on an engine with the crystals. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was more of a wastelandy thing to do, you know? Yeah. And so I have, like, a couple ideas here about how... I don't know if we need to dive right in engines yet, but I have like differences for like what a what a lightning dog technology engine looks like versus what a made in the world technology engine looks like, mm -hmm. and then some maybe somewhere in between. It also kind of got into what we were talking about last time, where you have a vehicle that undergoes some upgrade or process after starting there, right? Like the lightning dogs come with a certain level of tech, and then the vehicle they sort of lose it for a few episodes, and then they get it back in, yep. in, for whatever reason, right? Like right. not literally gone, but there's something they can't use it. And so what I was thinking is they may come with highly refined like shapes of crystals, right? So like a cylinder, you know, um, shape, uh, like I'm trying to think of a, an example of this thing, but like imagine a plexiglass rod. Or like, even just like, a glass, a glass that's been yeah, filled a glass, in, like, like a drinking glass. Right. And so, but, but solid, you know what yeah. I mean? And um, like polished crystal, you would say? Sort of like that, but even more polished than that, right? Like, because like polished crystal, I could imagine still having a crystal like nodule shape, you know? Right. But I mean, like when I was a kid, we had a, a rock tumbler. A rock tumbler. Yeah. Sure. We just put rocks yeah, in the yeah, yeah. and then suddenly they come out and they're all spherical and smooth and whatever. It's a yeah. rolling like, pin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A like rolling a rolling pin, pin exactly, yeah. without the handles. And so, so I've got like a sort of classic V6 configuration where every cylinder is kind of equipped with one of those. And then um, a from the front kind of perspective of an inline four cylinder. And this has got more of a sort of wild crystal in, in it. And then the radial engine, that's like what you'd see on an airplane, a prop airplane, uh, mm -hmm. does work kind of differently. And in the email chain, I linked you guys to uh, animatedengines.com. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can spend a whole day on that if you care, but they're, they're like vector. Or, or about four seconds yeah. and then say, 
this is not for me. <laughs> anyway, like if it's super like, how does this work? You yeah, know, yeah. type of stuff. And they've got everything from like Newcomen steam engines to like stuff you've never heard of, you know, and like it, it's all illustrated on how it works and what the action looks like. But radial engines are neat because the engines rotate around the crankshaft instead of the crankshaft rotating within the engine. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why the propeller spins. Cause yeah. Anyway, those are neat. So yeah. I, I like the look of them. They're really cool. And I've seen them swapped into cars and motorcycles, and, and they look really spectacular. And so. you, you did some Photoshopping of yeah. st- sticking crystals into a massive radial engine. So that's like a 42-cylinder Russian battleship engine. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck, man? I've seen those on like dragsters and stuff now. Like, no. If you Google that engine's like serial number or well, whatever. Like, like, that, like a semi-truck dragster or like a regular car? Well, well, no. Like the uh, the kind you only see at like you know oh, like, like real drag race like, i got you i got you yeah, okay. yeah yeah well more like now I mean, they're not legal to run like so you have to say <laughs> really something from a submarine slapped on the back of a car not exactly street legal well they have this idea of like exhibition run things like where you see the tractor pull trucks where they've got 15 v8s on them and, yeah like, yeah it's oh. only good for that one thing you, yeah. you know what i mean like <laughs> mad max mobiles yeah, yeah, the proper yeah. Mad and max so mobiles. i think that the things that you've seen are like hey here comes donnie so-and-so he's gonna make a speed run in his thing or whatever like like, dra- the drag racing vehicle that is that you look at it and you go that's not a car yeah yeah and, and it's, it's an engine on a toy wheel <laughs> yeah for sure and it, it kind of comes out in between when they're respraying the track with vht or whatever to yeah. like set up the next round of actual race cars and it just comes out and does an exhibition pass you know but mm-hmm. like it's like a four thousand horsepower engine which actually sounds Holy like not fuck. enough for me to run a battleship but it's like a super it, well that's why it was built in russia i know well it's like a super high amount for anything that's not a battleship but battleships seem like they need more than that maybe they don't before okay. we move away from the radial engine i just wanted to share just picturing how that would work on the back of a, of a wasteland or a lightning dogs vehicle and i was struck by this really ridiculous visual of having it slapped on the back of like a cruella deville type vehicle where the tire would go the spare tire how it would be slapped yeah. on the uh-huh. back hood and it's rotating that's generating the power and as it's spinning around we've got the spinning light trail coming out behind it yeah they, it's like those things you get at magic kingdom exactly. yeah, it's just like that that's, exactly. that's the other yeah. thing that that wasn't really reflected in these i thought about making a gif of it but then i just didn't get to it was what these things look like when they're running right and yeah. so i had this idea that you would have kind of like how the dilithium crystals in star trek look where you have the sort of ring of intensity pulsing from the top to the bottom uh-huh they would do it though according to the firing order because your car fires off the cylinders in a certain sequence mm-hmm. you know so that way like the almost like the cyclotron on the back of a uh, ghostbusters uh, proton pad yeah there you go <laughs> kind of like that and so um nice to bring it into your frame of reference there, it's, it's what i'm familiar with <laughs> so as far as like what I was thinking they would do, you know, typically in an engine, you feed some liquid through like gasoline or in a turbine engine, anything that will burn and ignite it. Yeah. And, and then the you kick out. it off one cylinder at a time with a spark plug. And so in this situation, though, I was thinking like an air hogs toy, you know, like where you mm-hmm. pump them up and they have piston <laughs> engines, but they're using compressed air. I thought it would be neat before we really had any real discussion about how the crystal engines work or what crystals do. If you tap a crystal, it might like amplify that tap coming out the other side and push a wave of force out the other end of it. And so I think that still plays nicely with a lot of the things you guys want crystals to do. But it was just kind of in my head what I was thinking of where you had these little solenoids that would tap the back of a crystal in sequence, you know, based on some electrical signal. I mean, like, how do electric cars work? Electric cars actually have like a moving part, you know, and like they basically use magnets. I imagine crystals as batteries. Like you plug a bunch of batteries in and it sucks them. Now, granted, that's not necessarily a cool image. It can be, but, but the thing about electric cars is they sound like dentist drills. To me, I don't love that sound. You right. Know? We need that throbbing. Yeah, you need something cool. But yeah. like, so the thing that I was coming up with was a way to justify them still having exhausts that look cool and crazy and a way to kind of justify them having a lot of the things that look like engine parts, but maybe don't work quite the same way as you'd expect. Mm-hmm. 
And so if you shoot this Iron Man repulsor blast out of the back of it after you hit it or whatever, it gives you the opportunity to really crank up the intensity. We got to get out of here, right? And they, they just push it past the edge and then like one of their crystals cracks or something, right? Because it's mm-hmm. just reaches its frequency of uh, sympathetic resonance or whatever and then it just it just shatters one of them or something and and then you blew a rod you know yeah Yeah, so so like if you shoot that force out and it hits the piston just like an explosion would i mean that's what you're doing right yeah it's miniature explosions it doesn't matter that it's a legit explosion but it just needs to force a pressure wave at you know the piston Tony's like about to burst. I am because I just had a quick aside that really ties into one of the superpowers that we gave one of our lightning dogs because Kane Corso is all about the frequencies that he's able to hear and mm-hmm. see. Oh, yeah. And see, all of a sudden, the frequencies that are coming out of these crystals, he can then manipulate the energy that's coming out of it. How could he? How, see what? It. Because if he understands the frequency of everything that's going on, he can mm-hmm. see the various frequencies. Well, he can hear it. He can hear it. He can understand Teresa it. Teresa sees light waves King she can just see hears. The okay he just, he, regardless he, it ties into the it's it's a beautiful dovetail it, into these two it, powers that you, we have and it. it ties in with narisa being the mechanic being able to yeah i mean kane's power has always been difficult because we've come with some really cool concepts but this is a very complex power that they would never have put on a children's television show it's super hard to describe and so it's been challenging. I mean, to, super, to Superman can hear it. things. Sure, but that's like that's one of his like less. You, it's most like oh, Lois is in trouble. Let me go. It's just it could close in on his ear, and then yeah. you hear what he's hearing. Like Daredevil. However, however, um, and Daredevil is a very valid counterpoint <laughs> to me. Brave stories um, do that stuff too, like the super senses, like the ears of the wolf, yeah. and like they do like a wolf. I, over plus, over plus, he's gonna like, hide the fact he has right. that power for a long well, time. Well, here's oh, here's yeah. the thing: what Tony's talking about detecting like frequencies and being able to figure out how to like manipulate, like oh, this one's gonna work. Oh, so like, that's why, why yeah. do you why do you know that? But he would be an expert safe cracker for what it's worth. So any 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 situation. That is like cracking a safe, whether it's is. like determining the better crystals for a job or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's an interesting foil. It's still very complicated in its own way. And again, Narisa being able to see these frequencies, she can tell what crystals misfiring just by at a glance. But do, I don't know <sighs> how how into that kind of shit do we want to get in the yeah, show? That's a because thing, that's, right? We I don't think you necessarily yeah. have to. We can just just. I mean, because I mean, a lot of these can be expositioned away, like. That's the crystal that's misfiring. How do you know that? I can see the frequencies. Well, I mean, here's where you might do that and make it not suck, right? Like Bebop used to run out of gas all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're like, oh man, we're out of gas. We're just floating, waiting for a job to come here in deep space. And Mm -hmm. I guess I'll eat that last pack of ramen, right? Like that whole like (laughs) shtick that they would do where they were always on their last, you know, last thing. Yeah. So, I mean, you could, if on the road trip, arc you know i mean you can show these things like going dark as they like stop working and the engine's like mm-hmm. less powerful now and they, they get to, the crystal gets cloudy and then yeah it's, like you know, it, it gets opaque yeah. and it kind of gets like you can visibly see them if they're doing the energy to the middle kind of situation you can have them go dark until they're down to just one and then they're really pushing that one and it breaks or, or something mm-hmm. you know what i mean you can I, I was even thinking that to really show the difference between Domus technology versus wasteland technology. You also, I mean, you got like polished sort of crystals on one thing and you have the others sort of jammed in. Yeah. But to keep with that theme of like, there's actual engine sounds and there's miniature explosions. You could always just say that the synthetic crystals that are growing on earth that were never that pure work best for those old timey engines where oh you know what we can't control the amount of energy that's in it without blowing up the entire engine so we just have to cause miniature explosions constantly well, and, and that's actually kind of a thing anyway too right because like old hot rods you know from the 60s and before when leaded gas was still a thing mm-hmm. like you actually have to put lead substitute into those old engines now because you can't oh, get leaded gas so i mean wow. that is like a legit thing that Old cars and old gas on old tires work better. It matters to no one like in their day to day, but like that's a thing. Like they used to right. make tires differently. So you put an old race car on new tires and it doesn't handle the same. Like it doesn't work as well until you reset up the suspension and everything. 
And so like old stuff was designed to work with other old stuff, you know, and gas right. was different in the old days. So, I mean, that makes perfect sense that stuff from here is going to work differently than, you than know. what they're used to. It's, yeah, it's yeah, like sure. the, uh, a lightning dogs vehicle that's from Domus would sound different too. Oh, like no it would yeah. have like, I picture oh. the lightning dogs one being more like an electrical vehicle, but we yeah. can just make it sound really cool. Well, and you no, can and make it sound even, better. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Tony. We could tie into that. I mean, cause we've just established that the sound of an electric vehicle doesn't sound cool, but yeah. that's what the lightning dogs know. Yeah. That's what they come from. Well, so what, would, the vehicle argue, that they bring in. I, that's the thing. Like, are our kids going to think Tesla sound awesome? You, you know what well, I mean? I would, like, I would so, argue that, that you can make it sound cool in a fictitious no, way. Like, for example, the Batpod. Right. No, yeah. Batpod was, was an electrical engine that they just me, ramped up and, you know, made it whatever. There's a little bit more to this. It's mm -hmm. that their vehicle doesn't sound cool. So they show up in a lame sounding vehicle yeah. and then they discover the Wasteland vehicles and that sounds awesome. And they fall into kind of the motorhead culture a little bit while they're here. One of them should. The mechanic should, I think. Oh, Whether yeah. they all do or not, one of them should go on native, right? Like Exactly. And the one who hates it the most is Kane Corso because yeah. he's the one who's hearing everything and he's just like, God damn it, this is it's so loud. loud. Yeah. 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 That's the thing. We can make it sound however we want because exactly. it's it's like Star Wars. Like they take they take prop engines off of old World War II aeroplanes and make it the Queen's starship warp engine. And I'm like doesn't that sound like a propeller to anyone else but me? But it's just whoa, 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 as it's going over like Coruscant. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You just pitch shift it and like, you know, you can do it. It, it doesn't have to sound like a drill, right? I would picture like, for lack of a better term, the electrical engines of what Domus might be doing. Yeah. I picture that sounding more like Luke's land speeder, which I believe was just a turbine engine. Right. Versus, say, uh, Halloween Jack's main thing, which is just going to sound like a tank. Something that has no muffler. Yeah. So we're all relatively on the same page with how we think these I things think, I think so. Well, yeah. I, I mean, in this page of engine designs, I love it. I'm all about this, especially the radial engines, especially for the action figure possibilities yeah. of these like light-up things. However it's done, I don't know if you guys remember, but the Back to the Future animated series had a bunch of figurines that came from, I think it was either Burger King or McDonald's. McDonald's, yeah. Um, and there was <laughs> I a, remember these. There was I a remember, DeLorean yeah. that sparked out the back. But the problem mm. was that the, the plastic that was covering the sparks for safety would, uh, would go get black. clogged up, yeah, 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 which sucks. So, like, we shouldn't do that. But having something that, like, legitimately sparked like that, I mean, just that was so well, cool. Well, uh, sparking in reality is really cool, but, like, if you want it to look like crystals, it would just be LED lights in there that would blink, yeah. you know? As you roll it, like the hand crank flashlight, eh? uh -huh. <laughs> you just you roll it across the floor, and then it just blah, 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 pulses with these little LED lights inside. So the other thing on the topic of lightning dog stuff, Thundercat stuff kind of has cat shapes all up in it, right? Cat faces on it, like yeah. cat paws and all that stuff. Like, are we into that? We're not into that? Um, I, I, I'm no, not as, I'm not, not really, really into it. I mean, this is going to sound really funny, but I don't really want it to be that derivative, you know? No, like, I, what, what I've always pictured for their vehicles is the, the car culture of American graffiti. Sure. That's where I have landed with the lightning rods, with these so just kind of... you're thinking that the lightning dogs themselves also have sort of rods like that too, right? They don't come oh, yeah. with a thing that's like a finished car. They build stuff. When oh, they, they will there. absolutely build something. Well, th that's once they're in... He's, he's, talking about, he's talking about when they arrive on, on Earth for the first time. I mean, the so dumbest stuff... That's on point for the dumbest stuff. Doesn't need to look like a dog. That's just, you know, the shiny chrome 50s future. Right, right. And, and I've been thinking, like, it's the Daddy Roth hot rod with a little bit of Mad Max spit mm -hmm. up on it. And that's kind of where I've been coming at it from. One of the <laughs> earlier things we did was a sheet of potential lightning dogs vehicles. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted to get the group's opinion on these. Just not any specific one, but just more like, is this the kind of thing you guys are picturing for how lightning dog stuff should look? Like I know, Cap, you like the one with the captured globe. Yeah, yeah. For for listeners, captured globe is basically like you know, it's got it's a ball, it's trapped mm -hmm. inside of an of, of an enclosure, and it and it moves like an old mouse. Yeah, like like a, like a mouse exactly, like a trackball, or like a roller hockey puck. Just butting in here with a quick aside, we're going to reference some images in this episode, and we'll be posting them all up on our Deviant Art Gallery, as well as linking to the specific items on this episode's page. Cool as they are, they're not required for listening. 
We'll do our best to describe the pictures to you as they come. For this first page, Max has drawn a series of fascinating futuristic vehicle sketches, very fun, unusual things, and in this case, five separate designs with two alternate angles of a couple of them, some built for speed, some for cargo, all of them all-terrain looking, and definitely prime specimens for 80s sci-fi animation. It's sort of like a jet cockpit situation we got going on on most of on most of these. Yeah, I think of like a like a 80s Sikorsky helicopter, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like a like, Russian like two-seater looks really weird. And I like the idea of it being slightly militaristic, but also clean, but not very complicated. Sort of like a Hummer. Like a, like a yeah. Hummer is not complicated from like, the outside. Like they're not out of place on the street, but they look purposeful. Yeah. Know? And especially if what they're bringing to Earth for the first time would be really for only one purpose. Like yeah. they're not, it's, not the, it's not supposed to be there for an extended stay. So, so what I'm thinking about of this thing, like to me, it's like what you do if you were going to put together an expedition to Kilimanjaro. You know, I realize yeah. that's like a solved problem now, but like, just imagine, like, you're well, gonna, they, yeah, they don't really know what they're stepping know, into either. Like this is this is in effect their Land Rover Discovery, right? It's yeah, this yeah. sort of it can handle the things. It's not especially militarized. But I, I think last time we talked, yeah. I talked, I mentioned the Mako from Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah just where like it's that. yeah, it's I don't necessarily think tank is the way to go, but definitely something that is little all terrain. It is still clean looking, yeah. but solid and has a purpose. Yeah, for, um, for the record, I hate driving the Mako, but oh, I think and everyone a, hates driving as the Mako. As a design, I think it's <laughs> yeah. pretty sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which apparently they say they're going to fix it for the next one, so we'll see. We'll, we'll uh -huh. freaking see. They should fix it by just not including yeah. it. <laughs> uh, they did that. People bitched about it. But once they're in the wasteland for a long time, I just see them adding on to it, and it does take on the more of the hot rod appearance because they say, look, we have to lose armor if we're going to make this thing fast, and so on and so on and so on and so on. But when they first arrive, definitely something that looks like it's easily built around that really clean, polished crystal engine that, mm -hmm. that you drew. Whereas I just don't, I, complexity, I, I feel like if you're advanced, you're, if you're technologically advanced, the complexity level should go down in terms of the design. But when you are Halloween Jack living on the wasteland and you have to put everything you can onto this thing to make it work, the more complex would make more sense. I mean, well, I see what you're we're, saying. We're yeah. less a more complex design and more a more visually complex design. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a more basic operating yeah. thing, but I, we'll, we'll use get, Fury Road again. You get a lot more black boxes on high-tech stuff, right? Like yeah. the sort of sealed things that just sort of look like a shape mm -hmm. and, and yeah. don't seem I mean, to be look mechanical at a, stuff. You know? Look at a modern engine compartment. Right. You don't see shit. You open the hood and it's just yeah. like, I guess there's an engine in here. Somewhere. <laughs> Maybe. I think C-3PO is a great example, right? Where he's got these sort of fairings over him, but you can see in the gaps, like there's mm -hmm. a lot of technology there. I think that's a pretty good balance. So like a modern superbike is another really good balance, you know, where you have all these plastic fairings that make it sleek and cool, but like you can see in between. There's a certain Akira feel to it, and I like that in the world of Domus. It's not maybe as high-tech as that in some ways, but they've got that kind of a feel, and that's a good balance of stuff that has a certain amount of technical complexity to its designs, but also a certain simplicity. Like, Connie Does Bike is really sleek and cool, but it's also got, you know, it's got compartments, it's got knobs, it's got things yeah. on it. Mm -hmm. We were talking about the um, the possibilities of having, like, the mothership sort of trailer vehicle yeah. for the Lightning Dogs come in. We had a very brief conversation, I think it was Doug and I, about how we realized they may arrive with this, but we should probably take this away from them immediately. Like, they won't even get a chance to use it. One of the details that I thought was cool, Cap, that you kind of latched onto as well, was in the back view of the one with the sort of single wheel. Mm -hmm. That Veritech fighter looking detail that's uh, coming off the side, you know, 
on this other page of Glampire stuff we'll get to, I have more detailed drawings of what the thing was, was intended to be when I drew it, where you have like a sort of rail system that you can slide cargo containers onto. Yes, yeah. And uh, that was kind of what I was picturing there. And whether those are vehicles or just containers, just sort of a generic system for bringing more stuff along that you could dump as you got right if it, i mean because you know? if we're looking at, at an exploratory vehicle yeah. of like we got to set up base and stuff like that then you're going to have all kinds of modular shit right and so that's kind of what i was thinking that thing would be for and like you know when it goes into like a pursuit mode or whatever maybe it kind of like pops up and gets more aggressive looking or whatever yeah and i think it's a really cool idea to pursue i guess the, at this point the question is if we're going to destroy this thing before they even get a chance to use it, basically, yeah. how much love do we want to put into it? I think there's a, a couple things you could do, too. I mean, I don't know how we're planning to destroy it. But we don't either. So y- you could pick sort of key components of it and then repurpose them, right? So mm-hmm. you've got Alex Murphy and you've got Robocop, you know what I mean? And you've got like the jawline is still there. Like, you know, he's got like the, the only thing left is his gun hand or whatever, yeah. you know, kind of thing. So those elements that are sort of recognizable from the original thing that get incorporated into the new thing those pieces of it, whether it be the cabin or whatever, so it sort of shares certain silhouette componentry, but is new, you know? Just to throw that into the mix, that might be something worth considering, you know? Whether If you like that trapped globe, maybe it still runs off of that, but in some new enclosure or something. Yeah. There's different ways, I think, to sort of keep the pieces of it that you like. Or you could even start from the thing they build and work backwards to what did this look like before, even if you prefer to do that. Which kind of brings up a sort of higher level point of all these sheets of thumbnails... We're like just trying to kind of get a feel for that technology level in general. Like mm-hmm. It wasn't really to dial in a specific vehicle, but yeah. like I feel like we can pick some and say, okay, let's elaborate on that one and try to get drilled in a little more. But I think we should probably have the hit list of vehicles before we start doing yeah, that. Yeah, which, is, which can... is what we can get into next. Yeah. Though, though uh, I suppose we might as well go over the rest of the thumbnails while we're at it. I maybe. got a sheet here you haven't seen too, Cap. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. Um, we got some sheets of Glampiric vehicles and there are lots of uh, turbo car looking yeah, sleek. I... I don't love that first sheet of them, personally, but there's some ideas there, I think, aren't... Some interesting out. shapes. Yeah, basically the only two that are really inked are the ones I think that are workable. To describe this in a way that listening, you might actually be able to figure out what it is. These are all side view things. It looks like a very boxy, like, low rectangle kind of shape. Well, they could be stackable cars. Well, so. they are and they aren't, because, like, from the front, if you look at that little, like, silhouette, that's kind of a straight-on view, right? So it's, like, from the front, oh. it's sort of connected by wings more of a formula one flavor so it's actually from the side seems substantial but from the front is a little more spindly that's more of like a sports car kind of flavor right there's not a lot of like weaponization going on with that there could be but there there isn't just now it's kind of like there's a pod in the middle and the sides are just beams and it's interesting because I, I can almost imagine this thing having that shape for when it's on the road and then the sides fold down to and it becomes a flying vehicle Oh, it's almost Blade Runner, like the spinners yeah. on Blade Runner sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's got a lot of that in it. And uh, I've seen some just like not attached to any particular IP concept art that kind of feels like that. And I think I may have been sort of subconsciously drawing from it. I like the um, really strange shapes that I guess are kind of like hover bike. Yeah, they're deals. more hover biking. A lot of like uh, cross-drilled grates and yeah. uh, louver panels and stuff, which um, appeal to me on that stuff. But I don't know... I do love that kind of thing. <laughs> but do you love it for Glampire, though? That, that's where I was at. Yeah. Like, there's, there's like three competing tech paradigms for Glampire, which maybe makes sense considering his eras of stuff he's probably got. <laughs> that's um, true. <laughs> but it, it's really if we want to pick one and kind of go all in on one of them, yeah. that's fine. I just was throwing his stuff out Man, there to see what's you know, going you, know? you know those hover bike things might actually be... Well, look at these hover bike things. Okay. 
<laughs> now, I was going to say they might actually be more lightning dogs than oh, I see like, like Homeworld sure. than, well, than Glampire. These ones are a little more like Otomo hover bikes like we were talking about initially with like Akira stuff. Ooh, oh, yeah. Look at you. But those are kind of like... Um, oh, these are fucking great. They're a little Jake Parker-ish too, like his kind of weird bubble tech that he does, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. But I was playing with a lot of funky, like... Man, um, just slap kid on any of these. I don't know got... what you want to call, like, what I was doing there, but, like, just different kind of stances or, like, like silhouettes of other things and then making bikes out of them, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that one in the top right, I was trying to get that, like, classic, like, horse with its neck down, like, or buffalo kind of shape. And one of them's got its back up real high, like a grasshopper, that kind of stuff. So, so it's yeah. really just playing with fun silhouettes that are sort of... That is a sexy page. They kind of All recall stuff cool without hell. looking like any particular thing. I really like the long antenna on that one too because you can see that from far but like a little handkerchief or something. Yeah. Also, I love the way these hover bikes look. I love the idea of hover bikes in general. And what I'm wondering about is where they belong in the world of the wasteland because like we're, we're talking about there's all this like diesel stuff and everything and like if, if we have something that's like flying to that degree Maybe that's a paradigm that we shouldn't cross, at least not to begin with. Like maybe it needs to all have yeah. we need to do maybe, maybe not at one, the beginning. One thing that we might be able to tie in with it, just again going back to the power set that we've given to our characters. You mentioned slapping kid on any one of those. Perhaps the idea that she is a living crystal battery. Static shock man. It's fine to have a little bit of that though. It's not this it's not like she's grabbing a manhole I, cover and she's flying I, with I it. I really don't want to say this character can make stuff fly. I'm not saying she can make it fly. I'm saying she can put enough of a repulsor blast through one of these devices that maybe it was a piece of crystal tech that they were experimenting with. They could never get it to work because they would run out. It wasn't enough. It wasn't stable enough. They couldn't regulate the frequency coming out of it to a degree that they could actually maintain any kind of lift. But Kid, just based on who Kid is, can. Well, the other thing, too, is I don't think it's a huge stretch to do traditional bikes that look like this either right I right mean, you can stick a wheel on there and it's good even a wheel right like yeah. i mean you could go monocycle or whatever there's there's a couple things Ooh. we could do with these shapes um I, I didn't pay a ton of mind to how do these work right like right. some of them don't <laughs> seem to have like any sort of means of getting off the ground necessarily so at some level i feel like we just need to say sci-fi bullshit whatever right, like right. you know what i mean Cause totally that's, well that's that's, that's kind of the underlying paradigm Two lightning is that dogs. our razor statement? Is that what it is? Like, <laughs> I think it could be. It could be. It, yeah. it, it, sci-fi it, bullshit, whatever. <laughs> on the, on the, in the we, corner of the billboard, sci-fi bullshit. It's like, it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, and it's definitely a good thing to remember because we do all have an inclination to try to explain things pretty hard when maybe we shouldn't. Well, I think part of the fun is making something that is just believable enough that someone else will do that for you. Yes. Right? Like the yeah. no prize, right? Like yeah. you want that guy who tells you why the gravity's weird in the Millennium Falcon. That yeah. guy's out there, you yeah. know? And bless him. I respect yeah, that no guy. Yeah, no doubt, right? Like <laughs> you want that, something people can latch onto that you don't ever explain too fully. I mean, we sort of know what the rules are. I'm also just going to point out you, you did that today by justifying how crystal engines work. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It helped me to kind of figure out where the crystals go, right? Like, yeah. So as far as it, as far as it goes... Because me and Kat were content yeah. just to, to shove them in places that looked like a crystal would fit. Yeah, <laughs> and that's almost really what we what I did. But like one of the things I thought they really needed in those images you'll see is they have like a sort of stack of cooling fins that, mm-hmm. that they sort of pass through, you know, like you see on old air-cooled motors like VW and Porsche motors, just because I thought it looked neat. But I feel like you might want to have... Maybe like it needs heat, it, yeah. Well, they might need a heat sink, right? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. your computer has one. Like, you know, that's definitely a thing that... You're, feed, you're funneling a lot of energy through that thing, you know, that it'll probably need to dissipate that. Not in mine. Way, so. Mine doesn't. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise my computer it, it crashes could, a lot. It could melt the engine otherwise. Or know? something. Like, yeah, or that yeah. crystal could get unstable. I mean, so maybe when they build their thing, they kind of take some of that stuff that was better about their engines or whatever and sort of apply it to 
what they're seeing out in the wasteland and like, oh, what are you, you're doing this all wrong, you know? Like, right, right. Kind of take it and it's... You guys are just shoving the, the crystals into holes. Yeah, <laughs> that's not how that works at all. And like, you teach them the ways of, you know, the future, so to speak. You know? <laughs> and the best excuse for that is that they don't have the natural good crystals. Well, well, well you, you know, end up with, with the, the, with the Doc Brown time train, right? Where, yeah. where you're like, I know how to do this, but I don't have the stuff. You, right. you know what I mean? And yeah. you, you do what you can to get there. And it, yeah, it's a gigantic fucking yeah. massive machine to do what this little pocket device Right, did, and so know? you end up with this thing that's sort of inherently cool, maybe even cooler than the other thing because of the stuff you've had to do to get it to work. Yeah. You know, So I, I think there's a lot of mileage that you could get out of that. And you don't even have to explain any of that. They just show up with this thing and you're like, you came here in that hunk of junk, like you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and that's all it is. Well, it's, to go back to the Doc Brown thing is like in part three, Doc's like blacksmith, like a uh, shed, yeah. and there's this huge clunking machine that takes up the entire space to that make that in. one ice cube. Yeah, and it's just like, <laughs> tool, tool. like turn the wheel, do this quick, quick, quick. Like, they're waiting, and then just one ice cube comes out. He goes, all right, who wants it's some all ice like tea? Muddy yeah. and gross. It's, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a really gross ice cube, but it's just like he did all of that just to have an iced tea. Yeah. And it, there's still something pretty cool about that. Like, because <laughs> it doesn't exist anywhere well, else know, in the world. That's actually a thing I haven't, I don't think we've talked about either, is that one minion who's the fancy gremlin, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like like that one guy who talks with the accent with the cigar and stuff, but like he's clearly the pearl that thinks he appreciates swine, you know, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or whatever. Like the swine that thinks you know, he appreci- appreciates yeah, yeah, pearls. The other way around. That type of guy who's like doing weird stuff, like building this huge machine. To- hey, look, I created a thing. It washes dishes. Yeah. Why would you do that for? Like, <laughs> look, I like to be able to see one part of the glass. That's all I need. Like, yeah. We eat our dishes when we're done. <laughs> yeah. So, I, so I think uncivilized. Was, it could have some fun situational comedy with something like that. Something you'll note if you take a look at these pages of Glampire vehicles is that many of the designs are based off of 70s and 80s wedge cars. These early designs actually have more in common with the final design for the lightning rod, which we've posted up. But this conversation brought back into the spotlight something very important. What vehicles should we prioritize? What would be the roster of rides needed for Season 1? Not just for the lightning dogs, but for Halloween Jack's crew. And does Glampire really need a signature vehicle? We have talked about how Glampire, he's not going to drive his own sports car solo through the desert. We talked about a limousine or something with Nagel like plugged into it. Unless it was something where he's like personally like vendetta, like I'm going to crush you. I'm going to be the one to do it if he ever got to that point. That's all about context. And at this point, what we have to do is we have to say, well, we're looking to do the trope of the villain's unique vehicle, but we also want it to make sense within the story and so we need to come up with something that can split the difference, basically. But without knowing what the arc looks like for season mm, one. Right. It's challenging. Does he need a vehicle? Do you want Halloween Jack to be the big bad until you realize he's not? You're going to probably realize in the first episode that Glampire is the big bad. I do like the idea of Jack being the primary antagonist of season but, one, no, but, with yeah, Glampire but, operating kind of at a macro level. Yeah, Jack's the problem, I suppose. Well, it's like, cause like yeah. He's the immediate problem, because mm-hmm. he's literally in their space. Yeah, Glampire's the big boss, but he's not doing the dirty work at all. So yes, so like all of our en- enemy vehicles will be basically devoted to Jack or anybody else who's an antagonist in that regard. I could easily see him not needing a specific vehicle at that moment. Maybe he could have like a technology level of stuff that's around his lair. He probably needs a lair more than he needs a vehicle in season one, I think. Yeah. And even then, if he does have a vehicle, it's something that would show up in like the last episode. Or the last few. Yeah. I mean, but... Maybe if we want to do something, like if we want to come up with a reason to include something like that um, motorcycle and or drag racer that is also yeah, crystal a crystal thing. spider. Yeah. Like if we yeah. want to come up with a reason to do that. I don't know if it's for Glampire or not, but man, that's that sure is a thing. Ooh. This is going back to almost a Power Rangers type deal when the, the minion fails 
the big boss gives them a special something to help them succeed. Uh -huh. So Jack's been riding around in his Jack, motorcycle. Yeah. Like it's destroyed or something and Glampire's all, your incompetence has finally worn on me. I will reward you for your incompetence. You could do it the other way though, right? Because I, I don't know if everyone's tired of the sort of like incompetent sidekick, but maybe like their stuff is letting them down. Like they are good, you know, mm -hmm. but they just don't have good enough stuff to compete. That's a good, no, that's you an know? excellent point. Because li they're living in the fucking shit, you know, like they're, yeah. they're, they're cobbling this stuff together on their own without any real help from Glampire. Right, and he's oh. kind of been hoarding all this stuff and maybe he yeah. gives it to them. He finally like, doles piecemeal, something out a little bit, just when he, they get the, the crystal fleet. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's time. Now it's time to break out the thing that... They've or, proven, or, or the Lightning Dogs have proven to be an actual challenge yeah. as opposed to just a thorn in his side. Then it's like, okay, you know what? You're right. You do have nothing really to work with, and they've gotten away from you because of the failure of the vehicles and the stupidity of like other things, but not yours. Yeah, I agree. I think that's cool. And it doesn't have to be vehicular either, right? Like, yeah. No, 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 it doesn't have to be. It was just that we have yeah. a crystal spider motorcycle that is pretty badass, and we don't really yeah, know no what... Doubt. That Glampire Net cool. isn't necessarily going to drive that fits right in with Halloween Jack's yeah, real house. Halloween Jack, and he rides a spider. It's kind of, you know... Like, yeah, it's it's, it's too perfect a visual. But it's also, it's, have one it's of also the... too sexy for him. Like, his, he, he, needs, he needs to How be like... that too it sexy? Doesn't, it doesn't have to be... I don't think it has to be sexy. It can sexy. be metal. It can be no. What can be if it's a crystalline spider? The whole thing doesn't ha doesn't look like him riding a giant crystal. It's just because Jack's a thug. That is a, a lone person vehicle. I could actually see Glampire in, and I don't think we should ever see Jack in something like that. Yeah, just what I know of Jack makes him seem more like the type of guy who would have a tattoo that says "Built Not Bought" on it, and uh, <laughs> he would be really yeah, convinced. Canon. He would be that convinced his Civic was faster than anything that you just open up your wallet and got. That mentality is a real thing with hot rod culture, right? You can buy anything that's new off the showroom floor, but I made mine. I went through and did all right, this like and that. If, and... if he's getting his shit souped up from, yeah. from Glampire, then he's getting like a cargo of some kind of pile of scraps from the future that died dropped on his doorstep. And he and his crew are taking it apart and building it as some kind of like insane crystal Gatling gun or something. They're going to strap on the back of their Hummer vehicle. And, you know, maybe this could tie into a more of um, a character study of Halloween Jack. But you could take it in the direction of he is the built, not bought kind of guy. And the, the lightning dogs have been giving him shit and he's been like struggling with it. So he goes before Glampire, not like tail tucked between his legs like, oh, I failed. But more of like, give me this. I need to like, go to Tashi Station and yeah, get some yeah. power converters. Like, like, <laughs> give me, it's like, he's like, Glampire? Like, he's actually a slightly, I don't want to say defiant, but definitely he's demanding something. He's like, Glampire, I'm sick of this shit. You're reigning over us. We're serving you loyally. Give me this, and I will take them down. And it's not give me the vehicle, but give me the means to build the vehicle that I want. And then you get that fleet of the junk stuff. Suddenly the entire fleet gets upgraded with more something you could do that anime trope where he like slaps down a really poorly crayon drawn like picture of the thing i'm gonna build this and yeah. they're like this you know like and, like then he could no, go and, that like, is, I, that, I think that fits or, within our tone well, or it could be like he's got he has an old magazine it's like all like water damaged yeah. everything is like this this used to exist where is it yeah, yeah i need one of these that could be pretty cool and then sort of he could kind of go on his quest to get his thing he needs or whatever like uh, that could be fun. yeah 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 but should we read off the thing names for everybody yeah, I, mean, I guess we'll just we'll go through them by name. We'll just do the full list and then we'll get into the specifics for the ones that have details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Big Dog, Alpha Dog, Dog Pounder, Shot Collar, Glamper Van, Glamp Ray, Junkyard Dog, Rabid Dog, Dirty Dog, Dog Catcher, Glamborghini or Glambo. <laughs> Not referred to by name until Wolfman cracks wise because I couldn't on good conscience have him call it that. Nigel, yeah. fetch my Glamborghini. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that conceit of like all those, like the Glamper van, the Glamborghini, and like he's probably not putting glam in front of everything. I don't right? think he has like, even a name for it. He's just like, just bring the car. Like, yeah, my car. Bring, bring yeah. my car. Like, do we my still have any cars, yeah. Nigel? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hover cars? Are we onto that? We're not onto that? Um, um, briefly talked about that for Glampire, but yeah. is that the thing? Or? Uh, Hover car is a late game. Well, I think, I think for, for Glampire, he could totally have that. He yeah, like the, I was going to say, the Glambo could be like, hoverish. Like, Glampire can totally have the technology, and, and other people can have it too. It's just super duper uncommon. Right. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like flying either. I'm talking about like land speed or tech, yes, right? Yes, like, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Especially right. if the Glambo is going for that wedge design vehicle, which yeah. already looks like a spaceship. Yeah, there's that. And then there's like the way like the iRobot had the sort of like hidden wheels and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, like yes, that, yes, yes. That type of thinking, you know, so you could have dudes who wish their car was a hovercraft and kind yeah. of made it look like <laughs> it was, true, but true. isn't, you know, like there's all that stuff you can do. Obedience collar, short leash, muzzle loader, rawhide, chew toy, lightning rod, which I might add has been earmarked as this has to be the definitive dingo vehicle. <laughs> Brutus, Rover, Fido, Scrapper, Web Spinner, Anansi 30X, The Pack, Action Pack, Power Pack, Bone Chaser, Terror Wagon, Lightning Bug, Fetcher, Doberman Pincher, Kibble and Bit, and Kibble is, all this is capital letters. K1, BBL3. Duclaw, Yip, Yip, Yip. Which I might suggest we could just call the Yipper. <laughs> Go on and win one with the Yipper. <laughs> uh, that's, that sounds like the hover bike that kid would ride, the Yipper. Almost like a Jetsons. But wouldn't she insist that it's like, she's the one who'd be like, no, I want this to be something that's 90s badass, but the Yipper sounds like, Pierre's like, yeah, go ride your Yipper. She's like, it's not the Yipper. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's not the Yipper, it's the X5157 jet thrust, you know, like completely It's a jet thrust triple X. Yeah. Circle twice, circle three times, and the kennel. Now, Tony, before we go on, do you want to explain that i do the the circle once twice and three times are a series of basic ai reconnaissance drones that they have you know there's the the trope of dogs turning around in a circle three times before laying down so they would send out these these (laughs) these recon drones to identify safe areas to make camp they wouldn't necessarily refer to them as the circle once twice three times it would be you know like go circle up Right. Tony kind of pitched this as like, this is the name of the drones. And I was like, what if it wasn't the name of the drones? What if that was military terminology? Oh, yeah. What if it's just you? the drone is circle one, circle two, circle three. Mm-hmm. And the circle is almost like the Tron style disc that you would throw into the air because it's a drone with a fan in it. But it looks like a Frisbee. That was actually like <laughs> done. 
That was like the one cool done. conceit in that last Transformers movie, actually, where they had those like drones they would just throw up and they would like start with their helicopter blades yeah, and go yeah. like that. Like that actually does sound pretty cool. I but know. like, fr- if, but frisbee fucking technology just, just you just pick it up and throw it like a frisbee and it just goes. And, all right, it'll come back later. You know, like no, and then sit there like some of them are doing like the trick frisbee throws and shit. Yeah, like you, you, you throw it from the inside out. No, I throw it from the outside in. Pierre could tell you how to throw the fucking frisbee. Like he's just like, no, you, kid, you're doing it. No, you had, but like this backhand. Whoa. You could even do the thing where they're like doing cool frisbee tricks, and then like yeah, yeah. somebody asks them, "Oh man, that's really cool." And they turn and look, and the thing just keeps doing the, the frisbee tricks without them. Like, it's like a robot, you know? Like, it's like no, I'm just calibrating them. I'm just calibrating. It's a yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the only other kibble and bit was the idea of we've talked about kid having an AI companion mm-hmm. and. I think that would be a good serial number type name for, for the robot. I, I agree uh, 100%. It's just that Kibble and Bits sounds more like the robot chef they would eventually have to make. <laughs> or just like the robots don't have names and so they name them awkward things when they meet the AI folks. Yeah, they, they, they run into that 50s diner and uh, the two robots that are frozen behind the counter, they put a crystal in and they start working. They just start calling them Kibble and Bit. Okay, so um, going back up to the top, Big Dog, which was the, labeled as possible affiliation being Lightning Dogs, fuel tank with a deployable skirmish craft. Alpha Dog was also the same thing. Basically, two possible names for the same thing. To me, that was the big vehicle that like the Lightning Dogs come in, their sort of home base vehicle, and then the mothership and its component parts. Either of those names, Big Dog, Alpha Dog, they totally make sense for even just call signs or whatever relating to that base that they come with that gets destroyed. Mm-hmm. What, what do you guys think about like the base too? Is as a thing? Do these guys need bases? The the dogs themselves, the lair, right? Like the yeah, we, that's the thing it, we've gone back and forth on. It, it, it is it's going to happen. Yeah, it, it's an eventuality. Yeah. Like originally, I'd actually thought, oh, they need to protect the far fetched technology that they destroyed. So like maybe their base could be the base that they come in to begin with. But you know the gate is down. Except that then I realized, well, no, they have to destroy it in a huge explosion. That base isn't going to survive. And if they're destroying it, the only reason they would destroy it is that Glampire knew where it find, was. Yeah, he's about to get in. So it. that doesn't make sense. We described they need to have a moment like in Ninja Turtles 2 where they discover the abandoned subway station or something and make it into a cool base. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about, say, 15 episodes, first five episodes, the nomadic, second arc is them finding a space, third arc is the clash, if we're, if we're thinking of it in a classic three-act structure. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, but, the, the, yeah, but the, somewhere along the lines, we have no idea what shape it's going to take. All ideas are welcome, but we don't know what the base is going to be, but definitely yeah. definitely a cool base, especially if it was like one that you could have, you know, something that makes sense for a garage. It can be somewhat covert, potentially disguised, and they could have a cool gimmick like being a subway station or something like something old that they're reusing. Yeah, or a subway. Eat fresh. Ugh, That's where they find gosh. Kibble and Bit. The next thing that has notes on it is the Junkyard Dog, which was a possibly corrupted vehicle from when the Diamond Dogs originally came. Junkyard Dog, Rabbit Dog, Dirty Dog, all those were considered for that same concept. And then the other additional concept is facsimile of a Lightning Dog vehicle constructed from Wasteland stuff by Peopleoids or perhaps some sort of marooned dog character yet to be designed. Because Max, you presented us with the idea of what if there was another dog out in the wasteland? Yeah, and I had a couple more ideas on that topic too. Like, there's a couple ways that could go, right? Like, Smurfette is one where, like, she's not a real Smurf, right? Like, she was created by... Gargamel, yeah. I don't think it was Gargamel. No? I think it was some one-shot witch or something. It was some, <laughs> some other character. Anyway, some nemesis character made Smurfette to tempt away the Smurfs, and she just kind of stuck. So you could have it be a sort of carefully constructed dog facsimile that's out there somewhere. Or you could have it be like Lawrence Fishburne and Predators, where he shows up as a buddy and really he just wants their stuff, you know, and like how he got there. I mean, obviously he got there a certain way in the context of that film, but how you get him here 
I think is what makes it troubling is if he's a real dog, how did he show up? You know? Yeah. I mean, if we're going, you know, infiltrator or ulterior motive is to have him be one of the diamond dogs, but rather than being encased in crystal like the rest of them, this is one that actually did succumb to Glampire's wiles. So the, the influence is less obvious, but no less present. Or well, he I could just be really damaged in some way too, right? Like, no, he, I mean, he, he could, maybe he broke free. Maybe he broke free, but yeah. the breaking free from that control destroyed his mind. Like, because because all that's cool, but the problem is that we have to protect the information right. of where the Farfetch is, and also until what, what the show. Diamond Dogs are. Yeah, right. I mean, as soon as you bump into another dog that didn't come with them, well, the secret's out that they're not the first people here. Yeah, I mean, I think you could have that Smurfette element of it too, where. Uh, You've got one character who's infatuated with this person and wants them to be on the team so bad. And then you've got someone else who's just really not into it. That newcomer, like the new kid in the class type of trope you get in shows where you add someone to the team and like they're not the, gelling quite yet. Yeah, like the Skyfire Transformer shows up bad and they realize he was good or whatever. Like the I forget the exact arc about how he was a Decepticon, but he wasn't, you know, type of situation. Then by the second episode he's gone because he <laughs> blows up in a volcano or whatever. Yeah. You know? You could always do um we don't even meet them for a very long time mm-hmm. yeah. until at, let's just say after if we if we decide to pursue the idea that the diamond dogs are broken of their curse and we get to meet the diamond dogs like how they really are but they still got like crystal powers sort of mirroring what the lightning dogs have and then when they get shaken out of their stupor they're just like where's our other guy and the lightning dogs like wait talking about this is all of you they're like no we had one more guy like where is he and or she you know, like, mm-hmm. where, where are they? And they're like, we don't know. We, we, uh, maybe they're dead. And then they, they want to go find their missing partner, their dingo, their yeah. leader. Like, their leader is actually the ultimate badass. He's like the actual solid snake, number one person. That the, he's that, big boss to dingo yeah, solid snake. Exactly. The big boss that Domus first picked to lead the team is actually such a badass. He didn't become a diamond dog and has been living and thriving on his own or he's her the, own. He's the true descendant of the or lightning even, dog. E- even the boss to big boss. The other you know, initial suggestion I, I had too was the sort of Ben Gunn Treasure Island scenario where someone was marooned there by someone else yeah. way in the past and yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. straight up crazy. Yeah. Right, and they're right, not be- affiliated with anything that's going on right now, but they're there yeah. and like, now what? You know, like yeah. It's possible that at some point the other power on Domus would have found maybe something resembling far-fetched technology but someone from that other country would have like not known what it was would have gone through it on accident and been trapped there could very well, well. and yeah. that's the other thing too is like maybe it didn't work super good the first time either you get like an interstellar scenario where they sent people to all those places when only one or two of them were viable and somebody crashed right when they got in and like yeah. so like he his signal went dark right away and like maybe he kind of got scrambled on the way through or mm. something that's a good reason yeah. for there to be another dog character somewhere I, out I there i think just it's, a, it's kind of a compelling archetype anyway to mm-hmm. me that personally so i, I, I thought I, it was neat but I, I do think that's neat i just think it needs to be a sort of late in the game uh, yeah, oh i agree i totally agree reveal so because it's it, it, not even maybe a season one thing right like, oh yeah i'm talking yeah. like yeah yeah like down the line so a so. uh, dog catcher a peopleoid vehicle animal control looking containment vehicle based on the dog catcher thing we've been talking about and that similar description was applied to uh, something called the kennel that was a prison erected to house the lightning dogs but either would be a, a related concept there's the obedience collar, which is described as possibly a weapon of some kind, perhaps used to control diamond dogs. Seems legit. Short leash, possibly a vehicle, maybe a communications or command or control pod. So there was a G.I. Joe toy where it was like this green trailer 
and it would unfold and it had like a radar dish and like two missiles on it. You know, like it was just a sort of radio station kind mm. of thing, you know. Um, I love stuff like that. It's like a, a, an accessory you could tow behind like the snowcat or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. It had a, like a hitch on the front and I don't remember. Oh man, yeah, that's great. So, I mean, okay, so that that's the, the short, okay, now I get the short leash aspect. Of yeah, it, that idea of something. like just keeping tabs on the team, right? Like you've got whoever the communications officer is operating out of that thing. It is a neat conceit. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. And I guess the, the question is like, if we're developing this out, how much money effectively do we put into the vehicle world of this hypothetical toy line? Right. Because that's one of the most expensive things you can do with G.I. Joe was great because they were three and a quarter figures. But I've always envisioned Lightning Dogs as being more like Ninja Turtle Ghostbuster sized yeah, figures. Yeah. I, forget, oh, Jesus, I forget how they yeah. measured. Next one is uh, muzzle loader, Peopleoids. An assault weapon to be set up on the battlefield. Loads projectiles in the front. Projectiles can be nets, aka muzzles, or scrap metal. Like a Civil War era mortar, where it's just like a big bucket. You just throw whatever in there and just shoot it. Fire it out, out again, yeah. You know? And the action figure conceit would be not only could it throw this net, which could be cool if done well, though I've honestly never seen it done well in an action mm-hmm. figure thing, but the scraps that you could load in shit from the wasteland and just fire at people would be a bunch of choking hazards, basically. Like, here's random crap from the wasteland shove it all in there and then pull back the thing and then boom like out it goes i think the or if we want to avoid that lawsuit sell candy scrap candy well i think the like the wasteland detritus like accessory set where you just get this like box of trash you know or like old tire pieces or whatever it is like i think that's hilarious whenever that stuff happens (laughs) yeah no one ever made that stuff but i would have fucking gone bonkers yeah joe and then your parents would have gone absolutely crazy like you're 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 shitting me right we're we're buying trash like we're buying for the the turtles at the pizza shooter if you just bought like a A stack of additional pieces stack of different pizzas (laughs) different little different toppings on this yeah joe used to sell accessory packs i had a a crate that you could load like four rifles into and close like that's awesome. Came, yeah, That's so it, I don't know how well they sold, but they were like really action figure type things, like just generic backpacks and helmets and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I and mean, they, they used to do that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mattel's done a uh, thing with Barbie. That's that's their whole career oh, now. Oh, yeah, it's they're just, all about that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with with the lightning rod, I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. It should be some kind of a hot rod. It should be made for Dingo. You know, that's the gist of it. We don't have any, any additional details to that, except that it should be the quintessential like flagship lightning dogs vehicle something they built something you put in on the, the lunch box something looks like a, a hot rod throwback hybrid mashed up with mad max everything that the lightning dogs aesthetic defines mm-hmm. and, this is that american graffiti mobile and mm-hmm. probably probably a one-person vehicle unless there's like a sideboard with a gun that somebody else could step on or something i don't know weirdly i've always pictured i mean i've pictured it as a two-seater a coupe a two-door coupe with a front, I'm, with I'm a, not for, with yeah. a with a front bench. I'm I'm down for whatever as long as it just looks cool. Whether it's one one seater, two seater, two seater might make a little more sense if it's going to be like the lead vehicle because if you got to save somebody or you got to mm-hmm. have, have a gunner there, you know, either one. So the next one's Brutus Rober Fido. These were all added by me, and they're my favorite picks for a naming convention for the core Lightning Dogs vehicles that they would all be like quintessential dog names that they could that that would be mm-hmm. their, their call signs for them. I originally described them as either modular parts of the mothership vehicle, which I guess we're not doing, or the first fleet of, of vehicles from the wasteland. So these would all be different ones. So that, that if we have the lightning rod, and that's like the flagship dingo thing, then Brutus, Rover, and Fido would all be the rest of the fleet. Brutus um, probably being something more like a semi, something that's big. Yeah, and I was going to say, Brutus sounds like the bigger, heavier thing. Rover sounds like the mid-size, mid-range. Fido sounds like the quick, scouty, yeah. light vehicle. It's funny, I would almost put Rover, just because of Earthling's history with the term Rover, as the scout vehicle. True. It's just... Uh, no, I got you. No, the naming know. convention, 
Fido does sound like a smaller dog, but I could see Rover being yeah. being the scouting vessel. Yeah, that was my first instinct. But then the more I thought about it, Rover is more of like a planetary exploration vehicle. And if we, it, it, this could be, me, it could be if a NASA could make those rovers bigger, they would. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like like a, a mid class all terrain vehicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah de- okay, yeah. The all terrain, I think, is where that yeah. that'll sing. The rover, yeah. Something might be kind of cool for Fido is to do one of those where it's got a different sort of seating arrangement than perhaps people are used to. Something where either you're laying on your stomach and steering that way. Did you ever play Full Throttle, the old LucasArts motorcycle? I, I I didn't. I am aware of it, and I need to go back so, and play it. One of the, you just watch it on YouTube, I guess, but one of the rival gangs, like there's those sequences where you would um, go travel between locations and you'd have to fight other motorcycle gangs. Mm-hmm. There was like a sort of technology happy group. They had a bike like that where it was like a sort of like prone position, yeah. you know, sidecar type deal. If everybody's cool with those names, then those are, those are my chief picks. Yeah. I'm down with it. I'm, yeah, I like those. Four lightning dogs vehicles for like the first wave for the first season. I think that's a concrete thing we should do. Do they combine? Or like, do they well, like form one mega thing? Or uh, do they not? No. I feel pretty confident we can say that they do not combine. Yeah. Okay. But they, they might get carried by some bigger thing. Maybe. Uh, they, they do run as a pack. So yeah. more like Jason the Wheel Warriors side by side kind yeah. of. They, they're, they're a convoy. Yeah, they're a convoy. Right? Yeah. Like that's, that's, how, that's how they should be looked at at this point. These yeah. things are a convoy. They don't necessarily go together. If like, anything. Maybe the Fido could attach the rover. Maybe. Or the Fido and Brutus. How do you guys feel about like nose art, stuff like that? Like those types of motifs? That stuff is definitely something to include. I mean, visually, if we were doing this as an animated series, it might not be there right away, but like it would get added yeah. by one of the characters. The next thing is a web spinner, which would be a glampire thing. An agile mech that spits crystalline webbing, which for action figure purposes could be silly string. Like, I imagine the little cartridges that they used to include with, um... Like, the, web shooters Spider-Man web shooters and just, like, I don't know, load them into the arms or whatever and be like, <laughs> I'll get you, lightning dogs! <laughs> Granted, web spinner also could be a cool car with spinner. <laughs> I, you could even... Dude, the spider motorcycle could be called the web spinner because if the legs are on the front and it's just like that wheel just True. looks like it's well and, and spider spelled with a Y is the classic convertible... Like, oh, yeah. Mitsubishi. Uh, is that copywritten? It's no, it's not. I don't think because it's what you call like the Alfa Romeo spider. Like it's it's just what you call a convertible if it's pretentious in Euro. <laughs> let's go ahead and let's push the the crystalline spider thing because I can kind of like imagine Glampire probably someone's going to use it. I don't know who, but Glampire needs to be on the front lines of the destruction of the Farfetch. He needs to be really close to actually meeting his goal, so that can be the closest he ever gets to like a direct conflict with Lightning for a long time. For him being there, I still like the idea of him being like inside the Glambo, inside a nice air conditioned limousine, kind of just there. Like it's his pagoda, you know, on the front line. He's like he's not really on the front lines. Imagine, imagine him though. Imagine him pushing forward into the situation enough to see the other side of a portal, right? And that's where Dingo like gets on like full force contact, like the first real fight Glampire's been in in, in like centuries. Long, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's like true. they're going at it really briefly and just long enough for Dingo to realize he's not going to win, and then. Things go I, wrong. Then you know what? I think splitting the difference, I do think him on the spider would make sense if it's shorter range where he feels safe enough to be exposed to the elements. Mm-hmm. Whereas if he knows he's going long range out to where I'm, the lightning dogs may be, he'd have to be inside he, the glambo because it's he's armored. Not, yeah, he's not going alone. Right. Jack and his whole like right, 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 right. goon squad. This is maybe why he needs the lambo in the future or glambo in the future uh, encounters with the lightning dogs. At first he comes out there on the bike and it's just like, all right, let's move in. We got him. We got him cornered. Like, what are they going to do? I like the idea of the last thing Glampire says. I don't yeah, know, what are they going to do? Blow it up? <laughs> it's like it's their only way home. Well, I mean, he's yeah. sort of a head of state in a way, right? 
So he can yeah. go from like the Kennedy convertible that obviously wasn't the best choice. <laughs> right, right, right. To like a Popeil type situation. Like yeah. after some thing like that happens, exactly. right? Where he, he exactly. comes out in some appropriate to the current state of things vehicle. And there's now a new element in play, the lightning dogs. Because they, they don't, at the beginning, they don't even have superpowers. Yeah. They're just, you know, they're just people, you know, yeah. they're just so. like regular, regular folks. People with guns and knives. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so that's what scare him. <laughs> Terror wagon for the peopleoids. The largest vehicle in Jack's gang's initial arsenal. It's made for raiding towns and unloading troops and violence. Did I put Ghoul Bus on that list? I don't think I saw no, a Ghoul Bus. Oh, we need to add Ghoul Bus to the list. It's basically just <laughs> the a competing name for that thing. But like, I was thinking of like a cool 50s Airstream style bus, but like all rotted out, you know? <laughs> Fucking Ghoul Bus. <laughs> the Fetcher, a small one-person hovercraft or motorcycle jet thing made for going somewhere fast and coming right back minimal offensive capability so that's kind of like the sort the sort of stuff we've been relegating the kid lately but I, it would basically just be a small fast vehicle which could be any of the things on that that page that you dropped today max but i would say those would all need cooler names than fetcher well on the very first page we had a, a unicycle if we want to steer clear of you know hover things and flying things just, I, I guess, just sort of as a thing. I guess for now, yeah, we got to be we got we got to be grounded in the first way. But I love them. I love them so much. They look so cool. Yeah, I mean, we can get around that. That's not a big deal. Just uh, that aesthetic, I think, is fun. Doberman Pinscher, a vehicle with a huge pincher claw on it, someplace. <laughs> of course. So, and we could even have that, like the Peopleoid guy is is just named Dober, and it's Dober's Man Pincher. Oh, Tony! Oh, you rambunctious pup! <laughs> Do claw. <laughs> pointless vehicle until required seems flimsy but has hidden damage dealing capabilities so that's a really loose outline based on the actual dew claws of no, the, dog. The, the noisy cricket of the uh pretty much <laughs> the one that nobody really understands that's nobody actually, really gets think, the dew claw does sound more like a weapon than a vehicle no, i mean it, it can be I, it, the it's just that's the intent of it it's yeah. something that nobody really respects you don't really understand you kind of oh, when it gets then when it jumps up to greet you Ooh, the Ducal! It got you. Maybe it's like a like a Asian offensive like hand to hand weaponry that would have some kind of like they would have some sort of appearance relating to Ducal. I lost my Ducal. And like we could just re you know rename it for, it for Domus conventions as a Ducal, which which that sounds pretty cool. Like if you're holding like some kind of like little scimitar or comma or something mm -hmm. like that, and like you know these are these are my Ducals. Like wow, okay, I'm backing off. Yip yip yip, which is a sonic warfare device. Yeah was the initial idea just because you picture a yipping dog and it's the most irritating goddamn thing on the planet so i figured i pictured it as a form of psychological torture and maybe they use that if it is kids hover bike they're sitting there like how are we gonna break this guy doing i got an idea <laughs> i got an idea kid bring the yip yip over here it's that i don't care what the fuck you're calling it bring it over here start it up if you like talking yet why do you here why do you keep calling it the yipper just watch while we were talking about all the different names that sounded like they could also be weapons or gadgets or things of some kind, I had thought, how do they communicate with each other when they're not talking? Like, how, how what radio communication? And I remembered that, I don't know what they're called in reality, but they were in the film Tears of the Sun with Bruce Willis when he was like a Navy SEAL, where it's like, it's not a collar, but it's the thing you wear on your neck. And whenever they want to talk to each other, like quietly, covert, they would just reach up and squeeze the little thing on the side of their neck. And it was like these two speakers that sat on either side of your voice box. And it would pick up the vibrations. And if they're wearing something like that, like a dog collar, that's like the way they communicate. And I thought that's kind of cool. But I thought of something after that that is some kind of, I don't know where it came from, but it was just a plot line of, oh, because it was the short leash. 
the idea of it's like, oh, I just that, that gave me an image. I know we were talking about vehicles, but I had the image of hey, this is someone, a, this is the list of thing names. Yeah, yeah. All, yeah it, I had this. Play. I had the it's image. Appropriately labeled thing names. It's right, right. <laughs> I, I had this image of whether either Dingo or some of the other ones who was like being led. Let's just say Halloween Jack gets him, puts the collar on him, and he's got the electric cable that leads up like a leash, and every time he acts out of the line, just pssst, you know buzzes him. Very Mad Max with the chain. Or it could or, be one of those know. like nooses on a stick they use for getting alligators and stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah, Or it's yeah. on like a really long pole and there's like a mm -hmm. loop at the end. Mm -hmm. But like, they can tighten from the end yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you know, clap them in irons, except it's electrified as well or something. Because that's another, you know, dogs have electric collars, you know. But if they all wake up wearing these shock collars and it's like, you're going to do what I'm going to say. And it's like, oh, or what? You're going to shock me? And it's just like, no, if you do something, I'm going to shock everyone else. And it's like, because because the cliche like a battle royale is like you try to remove the collar, it's going to blow you up. But like, how do you play off these heroic people? Because Dingo would be like, fuck it, I don't care. And just try and rip his own collar off. And if it shocks him, he doesn't care. He's going to keep trying. But if he does that and it starts shocking kid and kids like, please stop. It's like, well, shit. Now you're in deep shit. Yeah. But again, the whole collar motif, the whole Frisbee motif, Duclaw motif. I, I love the fucking Frisbee thing. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, on, that's on point. Yeah. That's so good. So what we definitely need is we need the Halloween Jack trademark vehicle, and we got to decide what. That's I think that be. that's the ghoul bus, really. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, I don't know what I see. Town. I, to me, like, like I'm picturing that thing being a bus, and like for me, when I picture Halloween Jack, I see him in the Munsters Hot Rod, right? Like, right, mm -hmm. ish. You know, not exactly that thing, but something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when you're talking about Dingo's thing, like, I see Dingo in more of a finished vehicle, even if it is built out of wastelandy stuff. To me, that's how I've been picturing it. Yeah, you know? no, no, it needs to be finished. More finished anyway. I mean, even if it's a homemade thing. It, it doesn't be... have to look cooler than Halloween Jack, whatever Halloween yeah, Jack is riding. It should, it should definitely look less dangerous. And by dangerous, I mean like bad boy dangerous, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. There is a thing called the Beast of Turin. This is a, a Fiat, and it's like a 28-liter four-cylinder engine that in the teens was making more torque than a Bugatti Veyron. And Jesus! Like, <laughs> they made like two or three of them, and... Uh, Somebody just restored one and ran it at Goodwood last year. And uh, you can see it's got a chain drive instead of a drive shaft. It looks like a giant torpedo. So you can see all kinds of videos of the engine of that thing being fired up for the first time in 100 years. But like that shape, like that used to be how Grand Prix cars looked. Like, that that where, looks like the hovercraft that, uh, who was it? Was Ray driving? Yeah, for the new, Ray. Force and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Lucas is a big race fan, right? Uh, he used like at F1 races and they cut to him all the time and stuff, right? So he's real big into that kind of thing. So I know that he like probably sends his art team around or at least they know that he's into it and like dig into that stuff but like they're a little taller than wide like modern race cars are wide and low and like in in those days they were like airplanes with no yeah, wings, you, don't, you, you know don't, you don't have to they weren't picturing turning no well, well even they were, so they were it was more all like, about them straights and the other thing too is like to fit that engine that engine is probably as big as doug you know you know what i mean like it's <laughs> like that looks bigger than me actually it's a huge <laughs> engine you know so anyway i think that type of shape with a modern kind of edgy styling and like more modern wheels and tires. That's the kind of flavor I've been thinking about for like, what would that look like in Mad Max? You know, like that thing sounds like, if you watch that video, it's just spectacular to watch anyway, even if you don't like cars. It's just cool that they had a hundred year old machine that somebody has been lovingly restoring. And like one of the engines was known to exist and they couldn't find any of the bodies and they found a body like wrecked in Australia or something. And it's like, no one knows how that shit got there, but like, here's <laughs> here's the one of the three, and we finally put them together. And well, like, if it's that guy, if it's got that kind of torque, they probably just drove it toward a body of water with enough going. with yeah. flat wheels, and it just went, not breaking the surface tension. So anyway, like that type of stuff, more like what you see at Bonneville, like in homemade race cars, like in salt flats, where they're like 
vaguely shaped like that, but they still look homemade somehow. You know, that's kind of how I've been feeling about Lightning Dogs built stuff. I do feel like the idea that the Lightning Dogs should be able to outrun yeah, the anybody. Jack and his and his crew. Anybody so, but Glampire. Yeah, and it would make sense that they'd have these machines that if you get out in the open desert, they're just fucking gone. Well, I think there's some value, too, in looking at like how racing works. Some cars are faster in a straight line and some cars can handle better. And some cars are quick, but they fall on their face when they get up to a certain aerodynamic mm-hmm. you know, limitation. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the danger of that T-bucket hot rod. Not, not the danger, but that's where they fall apart is at high speed. They're very quick, but they're not very fast. So I think the lightning dogs could be better, but I think there's probably some window where they're in danger, right? Oh, like, yeah. Where if, if we can't get the hyperdrive to work before they catch us, then we're out of luck or whatever, like type of experience. That's kind of what I've been thinking is they have more like finished looking body panels and then like the sort of wasteland guys don't care. And, about and I, would, I would imagine that the lightning rod gets the first go ahead because they need a fast offensive vehicle. Yeah. And so it's got to have some kind of guns on it and all that. So action items, let's pick some things that we want to design, yes. I guess, next. Let's do the, the lightning rod. Uh-huh. We got to figure out a vehicle for Halloween Jack. It's got to be a car. It's got to be something you can race. Mm-hmm. And then the, the rest of the lightning dog cars, uh, the Brutus Fido Rover, with Brutus being a bigger, tankier kind of vehicle, seating at least two, if not three, maybe like someone perched on the back with a you know, launcher or something. The Rover being an all-terrain thing, like a big four-wheel wasteland dune buggy maybe kind of that's mm-hmm. at least somewhere to start and then fido being a uh, motorcycle perhaps or or something or something closer to like one of the the bonneville race or something that is a single seater yeah brutus fido and rover are indeed the names we're still using for the initial fleet of lightning dogs vehicles they've retained a lot of our concepts about them from this episode and also changed quite a bit most notably rover and the lightning rod are now one and the same Rover is the vehicle's designation, the Rover 940 specifically, and the lightning rod is what it comes to be called in the wasteland. In our next episode, something completely different. It's a conversation with Doug and I, where we talk not so much about Lightning Dogs the world, but Lightning Dogs the project. New influences, new ways of thinking about old problems, and a window into how we were approaching the project in October 2015, nearly a year after we'd foolishly taken Lightning Dogs behind closed doors and still a full year before we had the bright idea of taking our process public again with this very podcast series that you're presently enjoying. Wait, are you enjoying it? We know at least 27 of you are. 27 radical people want to see Lightning Dogs become an animated series, comic book, etc. so bad that they've seen fit to donate $212 monthly on Patreon. That's a phenomenal thing because that means we can do our base-level development and run our core business expenses without taking a loss You too can join this elite pack of awesome people and reap a slew of benefits like early episode releases and exclusive behind-the-scenes content. But anyway, back to my initial question. How are we driving? This is a kind of unusual podcast series, and whether you're donating to us or not, we'd love to hear your feedback on how you're feeling about the show, the structure, the content, if you think anything is working, and if there's stuff that you really think isn't. Our listeners have shaped this project since the beginning, and while you're listening to us, We're also very much listening to you. Reach out to us on the Nerdy Show forums, Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, or email at info at lightningdogs.com, however you feel comfortable. If you've got a feel, take the wheel and swerve your thoughts right into our inbox. Also, I might add, if you've got a feel and want to tell the world, well then, please rate and review us on iTunes. Your feedback there greatly helps improve our visibility in the podcast world and increases the chances of new people checking out the series. 
But if you do have the ability to send some money our way, even a dollar a month makes a world of difference. I mean, a dollar is less than, like, pretty much anything these days. So consider supporting us through Patreon, and you'll become a part of this crazy experiment in creation. What's more, you can also shop on Amazon and help fund this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network. Just head to nerdyshow.com Amazon, follow our links, and the purchases you'd be making anyways will give back to us. We also have Lightning Dogs t-shirts. And you can join the Lightning Dog Street Team. Just follow the links on this episode's page or at lightningdogs.com, and you'll find graphics to print your own posters and flyers so you can spread the Lightning Dog's love. Anyhow, I've been yapping long enough. We'll see you in two weeks with an all-new episode of Lightning Dogs, the official podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.